we thread this idea of culture into someone's career at Hilti. So we actually call this OCJ, our culture journey. And literally from day one, when you begin at Hilti, you know, we have this really robust training program where it's about learning the product. It's about learning the business, but it's also about learning Hilti and learning your team and learning yourself. Welcome to Ambition Theory, Women in Construction. This show asks questions that everybody is thinking about, but doesn't want to say out loud. It's about tackling complex topics like why are there so few women in senior leadership positions? What is it going to take to change this? Each episode is a combination of motivation and tactical strategies to get ahead. We get out of our comfort zones and we take action. We learn, grow, and create opportunities. I am your host, Andrea Jansen, a certified executive coach with an MBA, and since 2018, I've coached over a thousand construction professionals to level up their leadership. Let's get started. Alexis Clark is the anchor business unit manager at Hilti North America and is extremely passionate about her work. We talk about the distinct culture at Hilti and what happens when you're a fit and when you aren't. We also talked about what demonstrating courage looks like in the workplace and how it can lead to exponential growth for companies and for your own career. Welcome to Ambition Theory Women in Construction, Alexis. I am so excited that we're doing this interview. I wanted to actually have you on the day I met you. You have this energetic personality. You have this like something about you that makes me want to connect with you, that makes people want to learn about you and hear from you. So I'm so excited that we're finally making this happen. So you work at Hilti and I'm wondering if you can introduce yourself and share what you do at Hilti. Absolutely. Well, I'm so glad to be here, Andrea. You and I met three years ago now. I can't believe I believe it's been years already. And this has been, just watching Ambition Theory grow has been so rewarding and so exciting. And I just feel very honored to be a part of it today. So thank you for having me. Oh, thanks. I, yeah. I have been with Silty for almost eight years now. And I started with them directly out of college. And I'll, I'll share a little bit about my story as we go on. But I, I didn't really understand how an engineer came into a sales organization. But I started my first four years as a field engineer, where I actually was working as a remote worker. So I'm kind of used to this whole pandemic situation we're in, where you work from home and you maybe go out and do different different types of work every day. And in that role, I actually went about and, and was a support function that would help design engineers design with our products. So using our software, understanding the hardware behind it and how these different structural connections work. So I did that for four years in the Fort Worth, Oklahoma and, and West Texas area. So nice big territory to cover. I then moved into technical marketing, engineering marketing, for those who might be familiar. I spent some time in product marketing for our structural connections. And now I manage the structural connections business unit. If you're in construction, you know them as anchors, which is about a $400 million business. Okay. Wow. And can you talk about why you love working in the construction industry? Why do I love the construction industry? Man, I mean, ever, ever since I was a young girl, I've always really enjoyed building things, creating something that's new. I like working with my hands. There's something really nice about a tangible outcome at the end of the day where you can look, you can step back and look at your project and be like, yeah, you know what? I helped build that. That's pretty cool. This structure is going to keep people safe. It's going to allow businesses to thrive. It's it's nice to see that you can have a very direct impact on society. So I think there's kind of the philosophical end behind it. I think the I think now that I am 
in more of a business function. When I look at different industries, what's exciting about construction is it is obviously very massive. It spans the world globally because we all have to build shelters in order to, to keep moving. But everyone does it so differently. Every region, every corner of the, of the world has different practices, different materials, different standards, different codes. And so there's, there's, it's a diverse, it's a diverse industry, despite the fact that we're all trying to achieve the same thing at the end of the day. And I think what's so fascinating about where we're at now is construction has always been, I mean, it hasn't really evolved much over its very long, you know, very nice longevity. And I think we're finally kind of hitting this inflection point where technology is embedding itself in the way that we work and construction tends to move a little bit slow. So I think right now is a very cool time to be in construction specifically because so many processes, so many ways that we work are changing in a very rapid manner and keeping up is uh, whoever keeps up the fastest or can lead the pace the fastest is gonna, is gonna win at the end of the day. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. So you said we met three years ago. It was at Autodesk University before COVID when things were in person. And I remember, this is so, this picture in my mind is so clear. I remember you were wearing a red Hilti jacket and you were literally like beaming. Like I could just, it was like you were like radiating joy and excitement about Hilti. And I've met other people from Hilti before, like they've had, we've done some workshops and I remember people from Hilti, I have this image of the red jacket sitting in the front row, engaging, participating, like making sure everybody else felt included. And when I saw you, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, I don't know this person, but I kind of know these mannerisms. I kind of know this type of person. And I just found it so interesting and so inspiring that people like the culture is so strong that in different countries. So like, like this was in Canada where I first met people from Hilti. Then I'm down in Las Vegas and I met you. And I'm like, it's really interesting that the culture is just beaming through. Like I can feel it through these two different people. And mm -hmm. I was wondering if you could explain what that love of Hilti, where that passion comes from. That is a great question. And it's something that I think has been so constant throughout my career. And I really haven't ever been able to describe it until recently. And I think part of that is just kind of reflecting back and, and preparing for this conversation that we're having. So you mentioned like noticing these same manners as like the same characteristic. And I it comes down to character at the end of the day. Hilti has four very clear values. We keep it simple. We keep it, we keep it to the point. But our people live out those four values so clearly in their character and who they are and they embody it. So it's not just like they, they sign a piece of paper and be like, yeah, sure, okay, I'm into integrity. They actually live it in the way that they are. I also, you know, I mentioned I'm an engineer. Not all engineers tend to be quite as gregarious or outgoing. And when you work in such an outwardly facing organization that is a sales organization, you almost naturally start to have people come to the organization that gravitate towards working with other people. We're a very people-oriented company, both internally and externally with our customers. So I think specifically when you are maybe, you know, on the outside looking in and you are seeing all of these gregarious, exciting, maybe magnetic people, you think that that's the entire organization. And while I would say that's definitely the case for our customer facing team members. That's not necessarily always the case. We're a very diverse organization internally. So a lot of the people who maybe are behind the scenes, maybe not as outgoing, but they still have those core tenant values in a very different way, but still consistent to who we are as a company. Can you, okay, so you said integrity was one of them. What are the other three? Yep, so integrity, teamwork, commitment, and my favorite is courage. Okay, so courage, is that kind of like why you're so inclusive at the conference? Like meeting people, putting yourself out there, making those connections. Cause I remember I was there by myself. So I didn't really, I didn't have a team of people to hang out with. 
And <laughs> like, I think you had the courage to like talk to me, include me, invite me along. And I thought that was literally like you living up that value in that moment. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think I think part of it was so we we like to say we have a fifth one now, which is inclusive. So we, we tried to bring that into the fold too. And it's it's definitely, I think it's kind of always been in our nature, but now we really call it out and identify it as part of our DEI journey. But this, I mean, courage, courage comes in many forms. So going out to a conference on your own and not necessarily either knowing the conference, knowing the landscape, knowing who's who, and just going out and meeting people. I know you have this beautiful mantra about stepping outside of your comfort zone. Being outside of that comfort zone, you have to take courage to get there, right? So in order for one to grow and develop, you got to have the courage to get there and step forward first. I love it that you have that. And I love how you can like how you talked about how like not everybody is as outgoing as you are, because that's unique to your personality. And it's like aligned with your role. But someone more behind the scenes, it's not as important for them to be successful. But that courage, they need to get out of their comfort zone in their own way. Right. And that's where that courage happens. So whether that's taking a risk or bringing up a new idea or so many different ways that you can do it. So I love how that value can apply to so many different situations. So thanks for kind of clarifying that. Absolutely. So I'm curious, how do you know, because I feel like cultural fit is really important at Hilti. And I remember the first time we met, you said this to me, you're like, some people are a fit and some people are not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Tell me, like, what is it like? Like, how do you know if someone's not a fit in the company? That's a great question. So, so a lot has changed since I began, but I can I can refer back to my original interview with Hilti. So it was, you know, I'm just a couple interviews in. We've got a very rigorous and robust recruitment practice where we we really want to take time to get to know one individual. We're not just hiring someone off the street and putting them in a Hilti car and sending them out to go meet customers. We're we're very intentional with who we bring on, and I think we expect the same of people that we hire. Right? We want it to be a fit both ways. We don't want them to necessarily try and themselves to to fit into something that doesn't really resonate with their personal values or what they what they want for their their growth and development. My, in my one of my final interviews with Jim Tate, we sat down. It was one of the most I, I don't even know how to say this. It was one of the most unorthodox interviews of my life, but it was also one of the most memorable. And we got to know each other in a very fast manner. And at the very end, he kind of sat back from across the table. He folded his hands and he was like, "All right, I got to tell you, people are either here for two years or like you know exactly their thing." And they decide to move on. They go to someplace else. So the other the other end of the scale is you're here for two years and I can't get ready. And you're here for 20 years and then 42 years and then, and then, and then, and then. And I remember just being like, I like, I think I'm probably a lifer. And he said, and he says, I think you're a lifer. And I was like, you know, what? I think you might be right. Like we're, we're diving. I get this all. And again, I had in the interview process met all these people. And I was like, these, these are my people. I kind of get this. I, I think I want to stick with this thing. And that was really difficult for me to understand as an, a university student in engineering. Again, this connection of like, why would you want an engineer in a sales and manufacturing? organization. I, I don't understand. So part of that was having the courage. I think it was probably my first test of courage of step outside of your comfort zone. I know you don't know what this looks like or what it means or what even a career could look like here, but something feels right and you got to trust your gut. Okay. So it's like really trusting your gut. And like you said it before, like, to, can you tell like if those people, when they leave after the two years that you like, yeah, I kind of knew that was going to happen. In some cases, yes. In some cases, no. And obviously it's a really competitive talent market right now. So sometimes they just need to make the right decision, decision for their family. And it may not be an opportunity with healthy which I get. I think one thing that I think what the reason maybe I love the word courage so much when I think about Kelsey of the company is we sell premium products in a in in an industry that can be very commodity driven construction, especially in the States is 
typically leans towards quick and dirty. Like we want a quality product, but I want it as fast as possible. And I want it at the lowest bid. And it's hard when you're a premium product in those areas. So in order to be successful at Hilti, you know, not only do you have to leverage all these different team members that are in your area or across the US and Canada, you you really have to be bold in asking the right questions to the customer and having the courage to explain to someone why you're, you actually are the best fit, even though they're not there. Maybe, maybe even though the customer hasn't made that decision yet for themselves. And so I think in the first couple of years as someone who's like finding their footing in Hilti, we've got a pretty generous training program and, and knowledge programs so that we allow someone the ability to develop and grow. We really give them a wide breadth of time, a year or two years to figure things out and, you know, get a, a feel for how we work internally and how we, how we make the construction industry better. And after about a year and a half, I think if someone has not sparked this, this curiosity to like, I want to learn more, or I want to be courageous. I want to be brave. I want to step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to do scary things. I think if there isn't that initiative to step out of, of themselves and take on something different, that's maybe where usually where it's, I'm, I, I kind of, the change has been made and I kind of look at it and say, you know, maybe, maybe they, they aren't going to stick it out for the long run, but hopefully they learn something while they're here and they have a, they have a really good opportunity to move on to something new. Okay. That's really cool. So it's really that courage is really like being like, am I going to live, truly live out these values? Not just say that I am actually do it because that is hard. If like, that's exhausting, right? If courage is not one of your values and yeah. you're being pushed into these situations that are like way out of your comfort zone all day long and it's not aligned internally you're gonna get burnt out you're gonna like you're not gonna be delivering exactly yeah so that's really cool how you can how you like there's that and i love how the company gives people space and time to really understand the values and see like this is actually what it looks like like this is what it looks like off the page this is how you do it and they're probably i'm assuming in their jobs doing it a little bit as they go and they're practicing absolutely and realizing okay, that was when I demonstrated courage. That's when I yeah. demonstrated teamwork. And then if it's not, that alignment's not there, I think, yeah, they'll probably, they'll probably know. Both sides will probably know actually by the end. Absolutely. And we actually, we thread this idea of culture into, into someone's career at Hilti. So we actually call this OCJ, our culture journey. And literally from day one, when you begin at Hilti, you know, we have this really robust training program where it's about learning the product. It's about learning the business. But it's also about learning Hilti and learning your team and learning yourself. And we weave that throughout your development time at Hilti. So we have a team camp that happens that, that's rolled out globally every year where your team comes together and you are learning what is the next step for Hilti in, in our culture journey? And then how do you fit into that? And, and how do we both grow in the same direction? Oh, that is cool. So it's really called out culture. It's not even just the thing that's kind of like there that it's like there, there's a system around the culture. That's there really is. interesting. Fun fact, the part of our organization that like shapes this culture and then leads us along this journey, they are literally called Sherpas. We call them Sherpas. So we have a, a senior director in Hilti and her title is Chief Spirit Sherpa. And that's her, that's her job. She's one of the coolest people ever. And you, you want to follow her into whatever battle she's going to take you. But that's something that we place a lot of emphasis on because it is so important to who we are. Oh, that is really cool. <laughs> that is really, that is so cool. Thanks. I know. Wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't you love to have that on your, on your business card? Chief oh, Spirit really? Sherpa. <laughs> I actually want a Sherpa. I want a Sherpa to get me. That's amazing. Have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? It's that feeling that you don't deserve to be there and you don't know what you're doing. At any moment, people will reveal that you're a fraud and that you don't belong. Until recently, imposter syndrome was considered an internal problem, something that's in your head and it was up to you, the individual, to solve this problem. 
I want to tell you today that this assumption is wrong. There is new research that explains why imposter syndrome is a systemic issue and not an individual problem. We've created a free report exploring the evidence and providing strategies companies can use to address this. Here's the truth. If you're a woman in construction, imposter syndrome is not all in your head. Get the report at ambitiontheory.ca forward slash imposter. Okay. So I want to talk about like, it, like for you, and it's really powerful that you got this job right out of college. So, because I can tell like your personal values are like a hundred percent aligned with those of healthy. And I think I knew it within like five minutes of meeting, <laughs> of meeting you. Like I could just tell, but when you have that alignment, really amazing opportunities come up. So I know for you, like we're connected on LinkedIn. So I know all of this, I'm just back and forth LinkedIn conversations over the past couple of years, but I know you got your MBA, like in the, over the past three years, you went out, you did your MBA while you're working full time. You also hosted a podcast. You're also like involved in getting more women and girls interested in STEM. And you're like getting promoted a lot and you have a lot on your plate. Where can you talk about like where the energy to do all of this comes from? So the energy is I have a passion for this industry. I have a passion for people. It's it's a really good combination. And when you when those two things are coupled by an organization that invests in their people, it's a beautiful thing. So I, you know, I, I'm fortunate that I happen to have a lot of diverse interests and my my Hilti's been really supportive of those things. But I think one I, I guess I keep coming back to courage, but I remember early in my career saying like, hey, I want more. Like, I love what I'm doing. I, I'm really enjoying this. I want to stay and develop in this role, but I kind of want to try, like, I want to add to it. I want to do something different. I want to stretch myself. And they said, yes, let, let's find a way to stretch you. Um, so even, you know, outside of all the things that show on LinkedIn, you know, I was given uh, projects that hadn't been done before. They said, you know, here's a project, figure it out. This is completely outside of your job description or job requirement, but y- you want more. Here, here's, here's a problem. It's yours to solve. You have ownership. When you get to a point where you need support and you need help to get to that next level, you'll let us sell. So, you know, is it mentorship? Do you need to speak to someone at Hilti who knows a little bit about what this might look like or how to set up this project or how to be successful here? Do you need time? Do you need resources? What is it that you need to be able to accomplish this? And I think early on, you know, as I, as I kind of ask people, like, what would you do? How, how do you see things happening? What's, what makes someone successful here? And I, as, as a young engineer, I, I basically ask my role models, should I get my professional engineering license or should I get my MBA? And all three of them said, yes, if you do both, you can do whatever you want. You can run rampant and you can, you can, you know, chart your own course. And so I said, okay, I guess I guess I'm doing both of these things now. And one of the, one of the things I really enjoyed is that Hilti is also very open to, to expanding what that support looks like. So when I joined the company, there wasn't a program that supported young engineers to get their professional engineering license, which takes, you know, multiple exams. It takes a ton of books. I mean, there's a lot of investment. There's a, there's a fee for taking this exam. You can take prep course. And it can be a very big investment of one's own personal funds and personal time. And I actually worked with a couple of their engineers who are in leadership in the organization, and we petitioned HR to start a program. And they now have that benefit for for, for people to do that. Okay, I just want to pause you like, yes. like, okay, this is like when I, you're looking around, you're like, okay, this is this thing I need to be successful. Right. And the company didn't support it. And you're like, I think we need to give this, this is what I love, this abundance <laughs> mindset. You're right. You're like, I'm going to figure this out for myself. But it wasn't just like, Alexis is going to get them to the board. Me in my professional area in life, it's like, let's actually change the whole company so that everybody can do it. I, l- I want to acknowledge that abundance, that like open the door for someone else and like for, sure. for others.
others because that's what I love, 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 love that about you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I have the story. I just want to. I love it. No, it's it's perfect. And it it is. That's one of my things. Like I look back and now it feels like something small, but I'm like, you know, like that, that changed. Like we now have a better ability to realize when we, when we speak to a young engineer and we ask, what do you see for your future? And they're like, Hey, I want to get my license. I want to do this. I'm going to do that. We also can now communicate to them. We're aligned with what you want because we're here to support you in that journey. So it's nice that the company is, is open to new ideas and kind of how we can make sure we do align with people that we want to bring in. Yeah, actually, think uh, you brought something up in your first interview where you were like, I'm not sure how an engineer fits in this organization. Literally, like, I think that might, like, now that you have this, like, we support you in getting your license. I think that'll help in the recruitment stage if people really see this is how I fit in the organization because you were unsure about it at the beginning. And like, sure. for the years you found your place, but I think that will help people feel that sense of belonging even sooner. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope it is. I hope it is. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so then we talk about this MBA and I, I kept thinking like, I've never taken a business course before. It's crazy that I work in a manufacturing and a sales organization and I've never taken anything like this. I've never taken a, a finance course or an accounting course or a marketing course. And so the next step I took is I, I wanted to go into engineering marketing. It was something that was familiar enough. Like I knew the content, but the work and the function and the the objective at the end of the day is so different, so wildly different than what I had done. And I wanted to continue to be successful in that and be able to contribute my fullest to the, to the organization. So I went for my MBA. And that's something that Hilti has had for a long time is the ability to support higher education, master's degrees, certificates. So that was the next journey I went on. I wanted to get a little bit more leadership experience because I had never had a direct report. So I said, I think I'm going to try and get involved in this, this, this organization. It's a nonprofit that's based out of Dallas to get young girls in, involved in STEM, specifically girls from underprivileged backgrounds and of diverse backgrounds. So they said, yeah, you should be a part of that. And hey, by the way, you should be on the board. You should have like, what can we do to help support you? And I didn't, I mean, I could, I could give five other examples, including hosting a podcast where I said, I, I'm hungry for more. I want to try this thing that's outside of what I can do today. And Hilti said, yes, how can we help you be successful there? Wow. And I just, I think it's realizing, recognizing that you are a whole person and like really every experience that you have in your life really helps you contribute, connect with people. And I feel like this connecting with people, especially when you're selling a premium product is so, so important because you said you need to have those conversations. You need to get those people to make a decision. So you being able to bring all of that to the table, I think it really helps you connect with those people and like be an amazing contributor to this. I love that you call it a sales organization, really, because it's a tool. Like I would never refer to Hilti in that way, but you're kind of reframing, you helping me reframe like really what Hilti does and what the role is. Right. Well, and I think maybe that's part of what's so like why why our culture is so apparent to so many is because there's I mean, there are manufacturers all over the place and they make tools and they make anchors. But because of our our business model, we are a direct sales company We're we're all about our people and our people are who make us successful because without that person on that job site explaining that premium and why you pay the premium is because you're getting all these these valuable, these valuable offerings that, that make the customer better. We wouldn't be successful. So without this really strong engine of people across the world, we, we wouldn't be around. And so that's that's one of the reasons where we call ourselves a performance and caring oriented company. And that's exactly, I think those are the two words that really describe what we aim to do at the end of the day. We want to kick a lot of butt on the job site. We want to, you know, we want to be fierce and competitive in the market, but without our people, we can't do that. So we have to take care of our people. So I love that. Can you describe what it feels like to be a part of a team like that? I think it's reassuring 
I, you, you mentioned earlier these, you know, these couple of different rapid promotions. I think for me, and maybe just being a woman in construction, and I, I hate to always lean on that, but I often find myself very uncertain of my own capabilities, but I, I'm also hungry to try. So I have this desire to learn and this eagerness to, to try something different, but I'm not always so sure of whether or not I'm going to get it right off the bat, or if I'm even going to be successful in the long run. And my peers who are passionate and supportive and are caring reinforce that it's okay if I stumble. It's okay if I don't get it. Someone's going to raise their hand and say, I'm going to help you through this because I want you to be successful. And I go through this cyclical, I go through this cycle probably like every week of like, oh my goodness, okay, I'm going to try this new thing. I've got this big, this big new task coming up or this new challenge ahead of me. And I don't know if I can, can clear the barrier. And time after time, in, in places where I feel I'm going to struggle, I'm given this overwhelming support and resources to, to be able to, to do it. And there's also some level of forgiveness there that if things don't go as planned, we'll figure it out. And I think those are, those are maybe some attitudes that I don't necessarily have internally. So having that in an external community reassures me that I'm in the right place, that I'm, I'm in the right direction, and that at the end of the day, I'm going to thrive because these people believe that I, I can be successful at the end of the day. Oh, that is really cool, that support network. And I love that you bring it like the mindset piece, right? Like when your mindset's not there, you actually, there's all these other people that do have that mindset. So even if like you sometimes like, yeah, yes, you could push through on your mindset, but like the, sometimes you can't like on the day when you're really stumbling, like you realize like that mindset is there from those other people and they're exactly. going to kind of push you to that next level. That's really cool. Cause when you're out of the comfort zone, it is scary, right? Like you do doubt yourself. So when you're there, it's like, look around and like, they have my back. I yeah. think what you need stay out of the comfort zone and not like retreat and not give up. So that's really powerful that that is baked into the culture. That's pretty incredible. It is. Okay. Very lucky. You are very lucky. So we always like to encourage people to take action within 24 hours after learning something new. And I want this to be something about courage. So courage, that was the value. Like that's the value that speaks to you most at Hilti. That one is really resonating with me. So someone wants to be a little bit more courageous and a, a 24 action, like something they can do just to get started, something they can do today or tomorrow to get the ball rolling. It doesn't have to be a perfect plan. It's just to get them started. What could you suggest they do? I think the first step in being courageous is admitting to yourself that you want something and then making a plan to get it. And it doesn't mean that you, you know, you go out and take an external action the next day. Maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, reflecting and saying, you know what, I really want this for me. And I'm going to allow myself the opportunity to fail in, in the pursuit of getting that thing. But today I'm deciding this is, this is the direction that I, that I see for myself, but this is the next step in my journey. And then taking an action, whether it's internally or externally to get the ball rolling. So for me, maybe I like to make a plan. I'm a planner. So like, maybe I, I take out a piece of paper and I say, I'm going to spend an hour tomorrow and I'm going to scribble down what this could look like. What are the things I don't know? What are the things that I think I need to get there? What are the steps I think I need to achieve this? Who do I need to bring in? I would probably sit down and write out a plan. And I think that's a good self-activity. It could also be, you know, sometimes we need an accountability buddy. I have had many situations where I'm like, you know what? I actually, I'm going to do this. I don't know how, and I'm going to need some, I'm going to need encourage, encouragement along the way because maybe I kind of get down on myself and don't necessarily pursue it. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell my wife, Hey, I want to do this. I need you to remind me that I want this for myself and you, I want you to push me and make sure I get there or I'll call my best friend and, and have the same situation. So I think the, the first step of courage is acknowledging, deciding you're going for it. And then whatever step you need to hold yourself or have someone else hold you accountable to get there is, is the best first step you could take. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing this with us, Alexis. How do people connect with you? I'm on LinkedIn and I'm always happy to connect on LinkedIn. So whether you follow or add or connect, however you want, 
when I get in touch, I think that's always the best format. And uh, I always look forward to seeing and connecting with other women in construction because I am definitely inspired by their journeys and by what they're going through in their own career and, and even their personal life that they're willing to share there. So connect and share and let's figure out where we have some synergies. Amazing. And if people are interested in a career at Hilti after hearing your story, what do they do? Wow, that's fantastic. So we have, uh, you, you, there's a generic whole, of course, on our on our websites. If you typed in Hilti.com, there's a place for careers. I would also say there's so many different ways to get in contact with our talent acquisition team. And you're always welcome to reach out to me and I'm happy to connect you myself. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much, Alexis. I learned so much from this conversation. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. 